Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. Indeed, indeed. We're talking in this hour, as I said uh, earlier, about uh, the black voice. Uh, just spent some time with uh, with Michael uh, Michael Winslow talking uh, about uh, how he uses his voice, has done so successfully in all kinds of film, uh, and as a stand-up uh, performer, uh, nobody uh, better at Michael than uh, than. Uh, uh, at being, a, as he would call it, a, a voice instrumentalist. Uh, he is the king of sound effects. And so that was fascinating and interesting to talk to Michael for a half hour. Now I shift uh, to talk to Professor Gloria Washington. Uh, if you are having problems communicating with Alexa or Siri, as my mother does from time to time, uh, there may be a fix for that. Gloria Washington is an associate professor of computer science at Howard University, of course, in the nation's capital. She joins us now to explain her project that uh, could ultimately make it easier for black folk to be understood by automatic speech recognition technology. She refers to herself as an empathetic technology researcher who focuses on the intersection of human-centered computing, uh, affective computing, that's with an A, and biometrics. Uh, Her research seeks to give voices to the underserved and marginalized by asking questions like how technology can uh, impact positively human emotions while reducing a systemic uh, racism, uh, reducing, I should say, systematic racism and barriers to equity and how technology can build lasting social impact to requiring persons to feel empathy and not just look away. That's a bit about what she does at Howard University, and I'm pleased to have her on Tavis Smiley. Professor Washington, how are you today? I am so good. Thank you for having me here. It is so great to have you here. Thank you for the time. Uh, I just try to give people a sense of, in, in broad strokes of, of, of what your work is about, but in, 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 in layman's terms, in your own words, what do you do every day at Howard? Yeah, so we create technology that basically helps the black experience. Uh, one of the things that we, we really do is just um, be concerned with how we can create social change, how we can um, empower our black students at Howard to learn how to be tech innovators and also create technology innovation so they can be the next millionaires and billionaires. I love it. Um, That's important. And I'm glad you're there doing this righteous work because I have often complained, and this is nothing new to you, that in these spaces we are are always seen as the consumer uh, but never the creator. I hope hope you're going to tell me that you see that changing into the future with your students, that that we won't just be consumers but also more on the creative side into the future. Yes, actually, in two different fronts that we're doing, we do um, high school camps where we teach girls and boys how to be technology influencers and then also how to create the technology so people can learn about it. And then they um, engage in a pitch competition. And then also with this project, um, Project Elevate Black Voices, we are creating a data set of African-American black voices um, so that we can create technology that will not only respect and learn from black people to be able to utilize and voice technology like Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant. Mm, we're going to discuss that in just a second here. Uh, I'm just curious about your backstory. Tell me how this became your lane. Yeah, so I am from uh, Missouri. I went to Lincoln University in oh, Missouri. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From Kansas City, go Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, I always just loved computers and my brother, Edward, he was just always playing them and I wanted to be just like him. <laughs> Grew up around two boys and 
so I just learned about how I can be a programmer, and that started me on my journey of, like, really finding out about it. And then I went to graduate school at George Washington in D.C. and got my Ph.D. Mm. And what do your brothers think about you now? They love me. I'm <laughs> <laughs> still in awe of them, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sister, sister hangs out with them and becomes a Ph.D. teaching this stuff at Howard. Uh, speaking of programming, I, I love that story. So uh, talk to me uh, about what you're working on uh, with regard to Alexa and Siri and other uh, systems like that uh, that can better understand black speech patterns into the future. Yeah, so we are working to gather the unique speech of black people while doing it in a fair, ethical, accountable, and respectable manner mm -hmm. by going around the United States and actually working through events and getting black people to sign up and actually provide their voice. Um, we want to make sure that they also understand that they are in the process of this creation as well and that they're not excluded. So we're teaching them along the way what does fairness mean? What does AI mean? How can you be in the process of creating technology? And then how can you collaborate with us later on down the line? Mm. This data set will also be available to other researchers as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this data set, as you call it, is a fancy term for uh, uh, profiling uh, and, and, and compiling. Uh, the way black folk talk. So let me just let me just go right to the, the heart of the matter. What is it about our speech patterns that makes it oftentimes difficult for Alexa or Siri to understand what we're trying to say? Well, in a nutshell, we just have to code switch. We usually have to code switch the way that we talk for Siri, Alexa to be able to understand us. Mm -hmm. But specifically, it's like our southern draw. Like myself, I'm from the Midwest. Sometimes mm -hmm. we have a twang. And it really does start to impact the way that those tools start to understand me. And those are one of the things that we're trying to capture, those unique dialects of things that we say uniquely that are uniquely black. Mm -hmm. um, here's, a, here's a wild question. Uh, let me ask it, not my first or my last uh, wild question, but let me put it out there anyway. Is, mm -hmm. is, is that right? Is that just? Is that fair that whoever created these, these systems, Alexa, Siri, um, did not consider that Alexa or Siri might not understand anybody who didn't talk the way that they enunciated, the way they pronounced. Yeah, so you have to understand that most of these systems are created without black people in the room mm -hmm. and are created from data sets that are not gathered from black people. So they were trained off of data that is mainly white or individuals who may have a... Um, English dialect specifically um it really does horrible on black people and black people have to code switch and really pretend like they're someone else and it creates this imposter syndrome that if you are a programmer like myself I teach that you can utilize technology and maybe you can program but you really aren't in the room just yet mm -hmm. so give me a sense um and uh, 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 clearly I'm not as bright as you are so make sure I make sure I can follow this and if I can follow it everybody else can so give, give me a sense of how collecting this data set professor Washington um, will uh, can potentially lead to Alexa and Siri understanding us better. Tell me how that process works. Yeah, so the process works by us gathering different kinds of dialects like um, Midwestern, Southern, mm -hmm. um, also the D.C. playing as well, the way that they say, say things, mm -hmm. and creating a unique data set so that we can 
pre-train it on these large language models to be able to understand us. Basically, in a nutshell, we have to teach Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant again so that they understand us. It's like training a child to respect you. We are training the public to respect us and our voice patterns. Right. So uh, is, is the plan that somewhere down the road when all this data is 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 collected, um, that the folk at Alexa or Siri get access to it and they use it then to do what exactly? So right now the people who own the data set are Howard University. Mm-hmm. Google is co-sponsoring this initiative and they will have access to 1.0 of the data set. However, for future iterations, it will be solely owned by Howard University, and we are creating a consortium of HBCU community partners who will own and create policies around the fair usage of this data set so that people don't use it to arrest black people, disenfranchised mm-hmm. people who are already disenfranchised. Yep. That is a really, really innovative project. Um, I can't imagine anybody other than HBCU should be doing this, but give me a sense of how that feels to be at the epicenter of something that could be really transformative. Honestly, it's very exciting, but then at the same time, it's very scary because as a computer scientist, I just want to make sure, and as a black computer scientist, I want to make sure that people are respected, specifically black people. In my research, that's what I do. So one of the things that I wanted to make sure with this project was to ensure that Google and any other tech company, when they go about wanting to create this, that they're not creating technology that will hurt people. And I was very concerned with that in the beginning, but we work together on fair usage guidelines and we have a whole collaboration of how our research is going to go about ensuring that. Yep. Um, I just asked this question of Michael Winslow earlier in this hour um, as a, as a, as a voice instrumentalist, as the, as the king of sound effects, um, I got his take as a black man on AI. Uh, but he's no uh, computer science professor at Gloria, uh, at Howard like Gloria Washington is doing some pretty uh, amazing and innovative works. So I want to get your take, broadly speaking, on, on this uh, AI conversation when we come forth on Tavis Smile. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like We talked to Michael Winslow earlier in this hour, um, uh, Professor Washington, about uh, the times he's been asked to see if he can use his voice. He's a he's a he's the he's the king of sound effects. Uh, The times he's been asked to use his voice to see if he could fool Siri or fool uh, Alexa. Um, But the one thing he said uh, that jumped out at me more than anything else when I asked him about AI specifically is he said, Tavis, we got to stay ahead of it. We have to stay ahead of it. Now, this is the black guy who's scared of what it can do. Um, do you share his view that we got to stay ahead of it? We truly do got to stay ahead of it. And truly, this is why this project exists. And um, if we think about it, we're creating um, not only down the line technologies that will help um, voice assistance, but we're also going to create technologies that will help with privacy issues related with the data set that we're creating. And policies, we hope one day that will be made into laws for different states, is like disenfranchising African Americans that are already um, being targeted by police and law enforcement and just in general by AI that is not as effective. 
Yep. Um, uh, uh, you said effective, E-F-F. I want to ask you about affective, A-F-F. Um, what you do, as I said earlier, is what you call affective computing. What does that mean? So specifically, we are looking at emotional information. I'm all about um, reducing imposter syndrome for my black students, black people in general, and that truly relates to emotional information as they are dealing with technology. We want to make sure that they're positive, doing what they need to do in relation with the things that they're building. So that is where the affective part comes in, helping them stay positive. Mm -hmm. So... Is that your way of telling me that you believe that AI can be emotional at some level? So that's a tricky question. I would say it can mimic the way that we do things, but I don't think that it's there yet. It's just not there yet. And truly, I think that um, the way that I think about the aspects of part of my research you always have to have the human in the loop who's guarding everything, who's making sure that everything is good, just to ensure that we don't have something go off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How should uh, AI in the future be policed? I'm not talking about government involvement, government intervention. How should it be policed in the future? So for me, and maybe I'm a pie-in-the-sky person, I do believe that policies can be created around data sets like the ones that I am creating, and then eventually all states will start to adopt um, privacy policies across the board to protect our individual citizens, not just only black people, because it is truly a pervasive thing of these technologies taking away our privacy and basically, you know, using data for ill-begotten goods. So I am all about protecting that, and I think that we should create laws so that there is transparency with who gets sued, um, mm-hmm. specifically if a, if a technology is created and someone loses income, can you trace it back to recovering that income for a black person who was arrested erroneously from biometric technology? Mm. So I think that it has to be spelled out. Yeah. Yep. We're talking with Howard's Gloria Washington. You're listening to her right now on Tavis Smile. From the Merc Park with love, love, this is Tavis Smiley. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. More of Tavis Smiley and Gloria Washington of Howard University. I've got about just three minutes left in this conversation. Let me try to get three questions out in three minutes that are on top of my head. Uh, Number one, Professor Washington, um, long term, you think that AI, with with specific regard to black folk, is a helper or a herder? So um, long-term, I do believe that it is a helper. However, only if you have, for every individual technology, created social good guidelines that accompany it, and the creators of it allow everybody to be at the table. Mm -hmm. It is not for certain few. To your point about uh, everybody being at the table, we started this conversation earlier talking about the work that you were doing at Howard with others uh, to help us with the problems that we have perennially getting Alexa or Siri to understand us uh, and uh, these uh, auto- automatic, uh, uh, automated speech rec- recognition technologies. Uh, you're trying to Im- improve that for us, which we, which we appreciate. Uh, but you said earlier in this conversation that it often happens 
um, this, this kind of drama happens where Siri and Alexa can understand us because nobody black was in the room in the first place when they were designing this stuff. Uh, are, are you seeing that problem getting any better? I am seeing that problem getting better, specifically with this project and people who are allowed to be at the table. Um, if you look historically, you wouldn't see an HBCU researcher at the table in the room with AI researchers from Google or some of these other larger tech companies. It would be a black person, but usually they are from a predominantly white institution. So mm-hmm. it just goes along with, you know, the respect level that they give to HBCU. So we're at the table, we're representing, and we are going to keep um, the technology that we build safe for black people. Yep. And finally, speaking of black people, um, what should the audience know, broadly speaking, about the work of black AI specialists uh, in, in, in this moment? Specifically that at least Project um, Elevate Black Voices is concerned with the social good element. So we're collecting data, but we're not forgetting about the black people who are involved in the process. And these are not just technologies. These are everyday individuals going about their lives and trying to make their lives better. So at least for us, um, we consider them as AI specialists. And they are because they use the technology every day. Yep. As I said earlier, uh, and I've delighted in this conversation, uh, Gloria Washington uh, refers to herself as an empathetic technology researcher who focuses on the intersection of human-centered computing, affective computing, and biometrics. Her research seeks to give voice to the underserved and marginalized by asking all the kinds of right questions. Um, She's working with her team there on trying to solve this problem that many of us have when Alexa and Siri cannot understand us, and we are grateful for the work that she's doing and so glad that HBCUs are at the center of this. Uh, it's a great story. Professor Washington, an honor to have you on this program again. Thanks for your work and witness, and we'll talk, I hope, somewhere down the road. Yes, thank you so much for having me. My great delight to have you. What an honor. Thank you for your time. Just like that, poof, three hours gone. Back here tomorrow, Lord willing, to do it all over again. Until then, thanks for listening to Tavis Smiley. And as always, keep the faith.